You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. I am your host, Rob Gross. So stoked to be back continuing season two with uh, a, a dear friend, somebody I've been so excited to get on this podcast. has been stop, start, stop, start, which is all my fault. Uh, I got Mike Fordham from Primary Wave on the podcast, but he's also from other stuff. That's just where he's from right now. He's more like Mike Fordham from White Plains, New York is more like it. Um, and what I'm excited to do is, Mike, what band are we talking about today? We are talking about my morning jacket today. Awesome. I fucking love my morning jacket and I can't wait to get into this with you. So let me tell you a little bit about Mike. Launched his music business career while studying radio at Hofstra University when he wasn't on the air at WRHU writing album reviews for the school paper or booking bands on campus. Mike worked for Sony, Sony Music's famed college marketing program, which is where we met. Um, this led to an internship at ATO Records, a sales gig at Legacy Recording, uh, marketing and radio positions at the indie label Razor and Tie, and marketing and A&R at Pledge Music. Mike later became Primary Waves Director of Streaming and Playlist Marketing in 2017. He oversees the company's streaming strategy, promoting frontline and catalog releases to key streaming platforms. That is a lot and impressive. Mike, welcome to the Grow Staff <laughs> Podcast. It is a pleasure to be here, pal. Thanks for having me on here. Of course, man. That's like, um, it's crazy, right? Because I remember that you and I met in New York and basically just to show our age, we would basically, uh, we would trade promos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember vividly. Actually, I'm pretty sure the first time we actually met was at, uh, I think the day or two before the Dredgen studio at Looney Tunes or in-store rather. That's oh how long ago it was. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's 2005. Yeah, they're about because I started as a college mm -hmm. rep in 2004, you know, going over to Looney Tunes or yeah. Control or all those other record shops on the island, like handing out promos, putting up stuff in the windows, ripping down the other guy's stuff, putting your stuff up. <laughs> ripping yeah. down the other guy's stuff was like when you started to learn who the people were. So for, for the listeners, we were field marketing reps, college reps. And back in the day, um, there was we don't need to get into the logistics of it but basically um the the big four the, the the major labels had market share and based on your market share you would get x amount of space at record stores to put up posters and snipes and god knows what else and if you liked the people that worked for the other companies in your territory it was always like oh cool that's so and so's i'm gonna leave that up and go take down this one but like I always love taking that because like, I worked in New Jersey and like all my other co-reps were assholes and I would just be like, Nope, sorry. This one's coming down. Like, I'm sorry. Like I got to put up this Los Tigres de Norte fucking, you know, like one by three glossy, you know, fucking thing. Or like, and my favorite ever, I don't know if you went through a lot of this is that, that like the hip hop labels never learned. They would change street date all the time and would keep making POP with oh, the street man. date on it. And like, just have it say available now and i only have to do it once i must have put up pop for jay-z's the black album like eight times no kidding so no, i was taking man. down my own stuff to put up <laughs> the new stuff oh, i remember at that time um it's when victory records was massive mm -hmm. and they had like like scads and scads like street teams so like you know you'd go to a show and it'd be like a dozen kids like handing out like hawthorne heights stickers or whatever and you're gonna like, say hawthorne heights <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can still hear that that DRTV spot in my head to this day. Oh my god! But like, man. yeah, like they would have like stuff at all over. Remember, right by Hofstra, there was an awesome CD shop that was open to like midnight. So like, inevitably, like at eleven o'clock at night, I roll up there and be like, 
can I put up some posters? Like, here's my Sony card. Yeah, just dude, whatever. So I would rip down Hawthorne Heights. Sorry, dudes. Like all these other shitty uh, bands that, that label had. Oh, and dude. I would put up like Lamb of God, like Tool, like Pearl Jam. Like, all right, like yeah, obviously I mean, corporate stuff, but at least it's cool stuff. You're, you were doing the Lord's work, right? And like, yeah. and, and it was always for me, it was, and, and I hope he, I don't know if he listens to this, but uh, this dude, Kevin, that worked for TVT, uh, we follow each other on socials and like the poor guy, right? Like he was so busy, but like all they had at that time was seven dust and Lil John and the East side boys. Mm-hmm. So it was just always, and that's when Lil John was like exploding. So I would go back to the store and see like my stuff was taken down for like method man or Jay-Z or black eyed peas or dredge or whatever, something that was like really important or primus or something. And it was just the same little John of the East side. He would just put it back up. And I'm like, I know you're doing your job, but I want to fucking kill you. Like I I'm going to oh, lose yeah. my job because of little John on the East side boys. Oh, it, it was a fight. I remember uh, even like running into like Denise Garbo at Looney too. Mm. It's like kind of like elbow each other. Obviously it's all good. We were friends. We're just like, Hey, like I need to put this one up. Like, all right, come on. Like you take a picture of this one then I'll put mine. Oh. take my picture like yeah i cannot tell you the amount of doctored uh pop photos i took for that job oh sorry frank DeSico, if you're listening i mean i'm sorry to scott yeckies if you're listening because <laughs> um and i i think he passed away sadly but this dude that was our rep in like harlem and the bronx and he was so bad at his job like i'm not speaking ill of the dead i we spoke ill about him in life too so mm-hmm. like he knew he sucked so dude nate would literally we all called him thumbs because he would take photos like in his fucking apartment and then like you'd see his thumb in the photo and it's like this took skill we used to use like the big sony mavica cameras that used to take like the hard floppy disc like this is like the fucking this is like the ice ages so like this big camera the poster getting it primed perfectly and then still getting your thumb in the shot dude like that's an amateur he eventually got let go for uh, for being thumbs, yes, but you know, there's an and, art form to, to it all. Yeah, there there is there is an art form to the, the. We used to throw like listening parties in my old house and be like, oh, but we we did have like we'd have a party and spend the budget on like booze and pizza, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So somebody enjoyed it. I, I did uh, all mine at the Witch's Brew there on Hempstead Turnpike. Nice. Stay for like an hour, take my pictures. Peace. Yeah, that's right. Oh God, where I did mine at Perdition in Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They would. They ended up giving us like free shit left and right because it was like <laughs> yeah, free food, free drinks, like whatever. Dude, if you're not getting like tons of free stuff, like free records and all that, like yeah. you really weren't doing your job. Like I will trade you all of these DVDs if you trust. Yeah, you know the drill. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, I am so excited to talk to you about my morning jacket because I think for me personally, this is a band. I think thanks to Pearl Jam, who you you know the aforementioned mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. I've seen my morning jacket more times not going to see my morning jacket than any of the only other band that I've seen more than them that I didn't like try to go see again because of Pearl Jam is Slater Kinney, except Interesting. that wow. I don't like Slater Kinney and I fucking love my morning jacket. And I think that getting to see them on the avocado tour when I was living mm-hmm. in the Northeast, I saw them, my wife and I saw them nine times in like two weeks. Wow. And the love night, that. and the night we didn't see them, they were we we were they were there at Pearl Jam Storytellers at the Avalon. Like, oh no! So so the only night off they had, they still came to watch Pearl oh, Jam. Man. So I mean, we just became instant fans, right? Because like they they treat their set list the same way. Everything mm-hmm. is like it, it's that Grateful Dead mentality without being the dead. It's like we're gonna play different 
or fish or whatever, but not being that kind of band. Like we're going to play different set lists. We're going to play covers. We're going to do collaborations. And it just him dancing with the bear during shows and like, man, Pooch. Yeah. Is, is that what it's called? I didn't even yes. know the name. Pooch. Pooch is the bear. Uh, sidebar. I learned this week that uh, the, 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 uh, the demon on the cover of Dio's Holy Diver mm-hmm. is named Murray. Oh, really? I don't know what it is about British rock bands with like. I was gonna say that's like an Eddie, Eddie Iron Maiden Murray. thing. And there's another one too. I, it'll come to me and I'll remember it. But it was equally as like lame. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like that being said, that's how I kind of I knew about them on the cusp, on the fringes. But how did you get into this band? Where like where where was the jump off point for you? Uh, it's funny. I saw them on that Pearl Jam door too, and I think that was one of the reasons I ended up really like clicking with that band. Uh, but I need to go back further because it's actually really funny how we got into them. I saw them when I was in high school. I remember this pretty vividly because it was 2001. A buddy of mine invited me to go see Guster at Trexel in Philly mm. and my morning jacket opened. And I'm like, fuck are these guys? Like, they're lame. A bunch of long hairs, just <laughs> self-indulgent. Like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a beer or something. Um, late, like, uh, later on when I was in college, I got uh, tickets to see Foo Fighters and Hammerstein. They did like three nights there and they opened again and it was right when it still moves came out and i'm like who the fuck are these guys like <laughs> did you, con- did, you, you be- did you connect like, the dots at that point that you'd seen them already? i knew who they were yeah but it's like listening to them like who are you trying to be like a metal band are you trying to be a folk band like i don't really get what you guys are doing here right and that was i think my sophomore year of college so Fast forward to my senior year in college, I interned at ATO, which was Dave Matthews' label, and Jacket was signed to them. It was right before the album Z came out. Mm-hmm. And also, at which I subsequently worked when I was at ATO, as well as when I was a Sony college rep, is right after the Sony BMG merger. So ATO, which at the time was going through RCA, uh, that was a priority record. Uh, for obvious reasons so i was like oh like this is a pretty rad album actually Mm -hmm. i remember too vividly um it was at the time when ato was moving from um soho down to wall street and like they're packing up everything and it was a great time to be interns like hey do you guys want these free cds i'm like of course i want this giant box of cds oh yeah why would i not and one of them was this uh, this ep called the sweat bees ep which i'd never heard of like i was aware of it still moves um, you know, the, the big record at the time, obviously Z that was coming out, but before that, I wasn't really familiar at all. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take it a, a, aware of them. And again, it's free. Why the hell not? Right, right. And I really glommed onto it. Like, this is a great EP. Like, maybe I completely missed the boat on these guys, particularly the song Lowdown just completely did it for me. Probably my favorite song by them. Like, it's si- it's silly because there's so many other better songs. But again, for completely personal reasons, like that's sure. the one that I really like. All right, like I-, I get it. I think I'm a fan now. And just repeated listens to Z to Sweat Bees and kind of working backwards to their catalog. Like I, I like all right. I'm really a fan. I'm completely sold now. And actually, one of the the best ticket hookups I ever got right when I was leaving uh, after I graduated in 06 
uh, you'll remember this when they, the uh, Pearl Jam did those two nights at Continental Arena in Jersey mm-hmm. that beginning of June. And my old college rep boss was like, hey, dude, like, I can't make the, this. I got a vacation. I got these two Pearl Jam tickets. Do you want them? I'm like, of course, I want two free Pearl Jam tickets. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was jacket opening, like, perfect. So me and my buddy went. And I remember this pretty vividly because Eddie comes out first, does mm-hmm. um, solo, does, um, does the preset. Uh, what's that? Yeah, preset yeah. does yeah. Uh, uh, No Surrender. Mm-hmm. by bruce solo yep. then jacket comes out and eddie sticks around they do it makes no difference makes no difference cover yeah then jacket rocks out for like 45 minutes or so it was great then pearl jam standard issue three three and a half hours set mm-hmm. and amazing especially you know, free tickets was great sure. but i think to me that was like the real clincher like all right i really dig this band and kind of going further and further and i remember too um when i was at my college radio station uh, one of the, I, I was like the rock show DJ and we got a promo for this live Bonnaroo album. I think like Sanctuary put it out or something. And they had a live version of Jacket Song Dance Floors on it. Mm. And it's definitely one of like, they're like balls out, just like dance rock. Like, like if you hear like, oh yeah, like it's yeah. just total like locked in like groove. And I was like, this is awesome. Like this is totally what I'm all about. It's like six, seven minutes long, just tons of guitar. And it was great. And also too, as a college trip, I wore they it was another live Bonnaroo DVD, and they had uh, one big holiday, which is their signature song, mm-hmm. and just seeing the like tons of like like the Jim James's Flying V guitar, tons of dudes and long hair just rocking out. I'm like, yeah, this is so up my alley. And I, I think what I really come to love about the band so much, especially on the journey that they've gone on to, is that they're they take in so many different styles and genres, but it still makes sense. Like I grew up exclusively listening to like classic rock and oldies. So mm-hmm. like, that's like what I was raised on Beatles, Stones, Beach Boys, etc. cetera. Sure. Um, you know, Dylan, that kind of stuff. Uh, only later when I was like 13 or 14 did I start listening to a lot more newer stuff. So, you know, whatever was on the popular, whatever was on K-Rock, whatever was on WPST at the day. Um, but flash forward because I have so many different ways like into music and all these like, appreciation of so many different genres, the fact that they incorporate like hard rock, like there's definitely some metal, which we'll get into, oh, yeah. but they like they're super folky too, especially a lot of their earlier stuff is very lo-fi kind of ramshackle, but it kind of right. dovetails into becoming a lot more folk Americana. As you mentioned, like they're total, like, like jam band dudes, like yeah. going to see a jacket show for me is such a sociological phenomenon because you have the like total, like, like Wookiee dready, dudes you know like definitely you've been on the fish lots for (laughs) for a while but then you get like you know hipster dudes like hey you know i read brooklyn vegan and can name drop you know any other like cool cool ass hit bands but then you get like suburban dads like myself like this is just awesome and i I dig it you know and you you like the pearl jammers are like all right you know they're not torn so that's why it's such it's so fun for me to go to a show a because they're fucking awesome and you know, I'm hugely biased, but I think they're the best live band going. But again, just the how diverse that their fan base is musically, it makes a lot of sense. And again, this yeah. coming from a band who's open for Guster, you know, tiny, you know, indie pop band to Foo Fighters, one of the premier hard rock groups. But then they can go, you know, do Prince covers, do Metallica covers, do John Prine covers. So like right. somehow it all makes sense at the end of the day. That was a quite a diatribe. So no, I fucking talk. love it. I mean, no, I love it. I love that I was at those shows too. And, yeah. I, and I remember like that Ed started doing that 
um, on the previous tour where he'd come out first to get people to come watch Slater Kinney. And it was like, mm, I'll come watch you and then I'll go and like go look at merch or walk around or whatever. But when when my morning jacket came on, it was like, holy shit. And I remember I I can't remember how far into the tour it was. But my wife, we bought a copy of Z and it didn't leave her car for like a year. Like it was just the go-to because that record is just, and I could see where it was different for the existing fan at the time, but mm-hmm. it, but it just, you know, when a band ups their game, you know, when a band yeah. goes to that next level, whether like you're ready for yeah. that move or not. And like, that was that moment for them. But then I started going backwards. Mm-hmm. It still moves. is probably the one that hits me the most. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I love that record. I, I mean, Obviously, knowing what, what I like and my roots, like when they fucking dropped holding on to black metal, I was and then played that on late night. I can't remember if it was like Kimmel or, or Conan or something. I think it was, was might like- have been Conan. I lost my shit. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like, are they serious? Is this tongue in cheek? Does it fucking matter? Because it was mm-hmm. just, I mean, that riff is insane. And like mm-hmm. you said, playing the flying V, Jim James was already becoming like, Yim Yams and doing all this like folky, like weirdo, like electronic mm-hmm. side shit. And they yes. come out with this. So it's like, yeah, I, 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 I always wanted to, d- to dive in deeper on the band and just like, they're always been, they've been on the periphery for me, but that, that period, it was like, they felt very important to, to me. Yeah. I think they're able to experiment so much. I think like, you having delved in, like you said, to like electronic stuff, but then like like super folky and like funk. Like it make it's so strange, but yet to me it makes no sense. I think that's what's so much fun to be a fan of them because it is such a journey. But like I'm in, like I I bought the ticket. I'm totally taking the ride with that. Um, sidebar: There's an awesome interview. I think it's on Blabbermouth with their bassist uh, Tom Blankenship um, talking about holding on to black metal. And he, I think he name drops like, like Kralis and like 1349, a bunch of other like super like heavy bands. Like he was way into. And yeah, exactly. Like I see you shaking your head in disbelief. Like, no, I, like, really? I love that. My buddy, Mark, who will listen to this and if not, I will ask for him. He was the episode two. He did the the Danzig episode and Misfits. Mm -hmm. He manages 1349. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's just not, that isn't, I love them, but that is an acquired taste. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Especially for this song that it's, it's weird. It's kind of funky. It's probably not metal, but like, I see where the marketing and the PR is going for that. I think it was really smart and like definitely take up the article. It's really funny. I think the response that Tom gives is just like total trippy. It's like, all right, like dude, like legit, like, all right, like they're, they're not messing around. Like they, they kind of know some, some metal stuff, which is awesome. And again, like it all kind of feel, uh, makes sense. And, and they're, uh, you know, giant like melting pot. Totally. I mean, it's, it's not, again, shocker here, not dissimilar from Pearl Jam. Like Jeff Mem is such a huge fan of like Venom and all these huh. old school metal bands. And he's like, he's a punk dude. He's a hardcore kid that just happens to now be like 60. Like he grew up a skater, hardcore kid in Montana and moved to Seattle and like was in like a fucking glam band. And then, you know, I was, not know that. Well, well, you know, Green River oh, and some, Green, into, Mother, into Mother Love, 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 Love Bone. And, Bone yeah, yeah, but like these guys, like, I, and I, you see it a lot with bands too, where like, they, I don't want to say they deviate from the path, right? I hate to like use Metallica as the example, but they definitely like, I don't even go off the rails. They go down a different path because they've been doing something for so long. They just need to like stretch creatively. They always come back. 
Mm-hmm. They always come back and, or, or at least come back with like better chops or better songwriting skills or whatever. And like Jackie does feel like that in a way to me. Like they always like that, like this, this new self-titled record is incredible. And it's, yeah. Like I love it's, it. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, same here. Same here. I think it's so interesting to me to kind of see just how quickly they can kind of turn, like turn on a dime, like the, the 2021 yeah they put out the waterfall too which i was is a sequel record it was all like the yeah. b-sides like stuff that right. didn't make the original waterfall record i actually like the waterfall too a lot better to be quite frank i thought the waterfall was, was okay i baffles me that people that like it got so much critical praise um especially live i think the waterfall two stuff is better but to your point like uh climbing the ladder on that track is just like awesome like much like americana has some great slide guitar work on there but that's just very indicative of where they had been as a band but kind of reflecting back upon that and it makes sense and to your point i think they've been improved upon it but then like all right you know what next record complete like you know psych indie rock thing like almost like kind of go in the direction of like a tame impala or whatnot but like that's cool and it makes sense and they pull it off at the end of the day Right, right. I, and I, I think, you you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier where it's like they have that kind of ability to kind of morph and shift and, and you know, bands like them, Pearl Jam, Clutch, Cave-In, like all the way down the line, the smaller like indie, you know, or whatever you want to call them, they're like these like cult bands. Mm-hmm. They can literally do no wrong. Like the, the people that have jumped off the bandwagon jumped off 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, like this, the follow-up doesn't sound like Z I'm done. This was like a passing thing. I bought the CD at target or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. fine. That's, that's fine to put them on the map, but ultimately it's, it's those next moves that bring people in. Like, you know, Pearl Jam is a prime example of that, but so is clutch where like, they're I was hard- just going to say like, it's so spot on. Like you're in, like you're, you're, you're bought in, like you're there to the end of the time. Like you're buying every vinyl variant, like any, Merch. Sadly, like, if the band tours anywhere in the area, I'm there. I've seen them mm-hmm. 30 times at this point. I was going to ask you that. So, have you um, wh- have you ever seen them outside of the U.S.? I'm always curious to, to see that. No, I haven't. Uh, no, not not for a, no. a, a lack of wanting by any chance. No, Just, same same with me and Pearl Jam. We're up in the 40s, I think. Now my wife's mm-hmm. in the 50s, and it's like just hasn't happened overseas yet. And you know dying one day one day yeah one day like jackets think doing their one big holiday uh big mexico destination event they're like oh i a couple years ago like yeah like right before i met my wife like i was like this close to pulling the trigger on it was like eh, i was still single money being you know kind of tight at the time like all right definitely kicked myself on that one but yeah i think too like thinking back about those shows there's like i can tell you every show I've been to and the memories associated with it. I think it was such a fun time because it was college, post-college when, you know, I was single and like, all right, I have a lot of disposable income. So right. four nights at the Beacon Theater, done. Five nights at Terminal 5, absolutely. Right. Uh, road trip down to Merriweather, post-pavilion in Maryland, fuck yeah, I'll drive four mm-hmm. hours in back the same night to see them. Oh, dude, we've like, done it so many times. It's like, Luckily, I found a, a partner that like loves the band probably more than I do with, in regards to Pearl Jam, but it's like, that's the same thing. It's like, cool, let's drive down to, you know, wherever the fuck we're going and then drive back up the same or go up to Albany and back just to go to Holmville mm-hmm. the next night and then back. And it's like, you just don't even think about it. You just do it. Like, you're yeah, like, you're like exactly. I wonder what's, it's the same thing. What song am I getting tonight? What new cover am I getting tonight? Like, wh- where in the set is this song going to be tonight? Are they not going to play? Like, I, I don't, 
it's such a unique thing what a band like this does because mm -hmm. it, 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 like I, I remember speaking to my mom about this when I started going to see my favorite bands over and over mm -hmm. and over again she's like what's the joy like where did aren't you just seeing the same thing every night and it's like a lot of bands do that though so when you go see a band like one of my favorite bands is Alice in Chains I love them when you go to see Alice in Chains they play basically the same set every night ever. Mm -hmm. And then they'll throw in two or three new tracks off whatever record they're promoting. And then if they're not promoting a new record, they'll put in like one. Like sap or something like, yeah. Yeah. Or, or they'll throw like love, hate, love in or something that's really fucking cool. But like, they're not going down. The, like you're never mm. going to get something that's like unique. You're going to get yeah. the set and it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. But I don't think people like you and I want perfect. No. No, I mean, I, I love the fact that I'm starting to see a lot of bands advertise that like if they're doing a multi-night run, like no repeats, like I'm, I'm a fan of King Gizzard and yeah. they're doing like, I think like three nights at Red Rocks and like, yep, no repeats. And like, that's fantastic the way it should be. You have yeah. that that much body of work, like you should be able to pull it off. Uh, any, those two runs that I mentioned with Jack before, they repeated one song. That's one big holiday. Like, that's fine. That's your signature song. Like, if they're doing, like, the full album, like, they're going to do that. But that's traditionally one of, like, the song they close the uh, the encore with. But they've right. been switching it up this past tour, which, again, like, I'm totally geeking out. I'm on Setlist FM, like, as it's happening, looking like the fan boards. Like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, dude, yeah. dude they dropped that song. Like, oh, man. And, like, you know, not to get, like, too, like, like fish about it, like, all statty about it. But it is pretty cool to say, like, oh, man, they haven't busted that one out in like you know, 10 years like that's really cool um i have to i, I have to i have to show you something and, and no please. one's gonna, no one's gonna see this on you know because we're just you know we're, we're zooming but this is the the unofficial pearl jam stat tracker uh, uh, oh i love so that it's literally tracks all of our shows it tracks every like there's badges like if you've completed an album live or like over the like dude it's the height of dorkdom and i fucking love it because mm. like th that's the, we're the same that way it's like you there's that bittersweet thing where like oh do i have a friend going to the show in like you know wherever in like denver tonight oh they played that song they haven't played in like 20 years amazing yeah and then you're like yeah. but you're butt hurt but you're also happy that's like yeah yeah exactly like the anticipation and just like like dude like, what am i going to get tonight am i going to get a bust out like am i going to get a song that they debuted um right right when they did the terminal five run it was also nice because it was during cmj so it's like you know mm. what sorry i'm not going out lower east side at three o'clock in the morning for this band i'm gonna go see jacket at terminal <laughs> five um they did like the album straight through they would do you know 20 minute set break they would come out but then they would do is do all the b-sides and outtakes that they recorded plus all the covers that they were doing of that era i'm like 95 percent sure uh, one of the first two nights, they did a Megadeth song too, further to the, like the, the metal tip. What like, the fuck? Are you, like, yeah, that's like, amazing. Yeah, you know, it's just, just like that's. It's just I think that's an art form that you know whether you like them or not. Certain bands just they understand how to appease everyone in their mm -hmm. sphere like a band like radiohead will do that where they like we're playing they played a show in atlanta where they played like some festival about 10 years ago and they headlined this festival the entire set list was b-sides and it's Love like that. come on like because like you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get people that don't care there and then you're gonna get the hardcore fans that are riding the rail that that's why they're there 
they might want to hear like the paranoid Android B sides and everyone's heard creep a million times mm-hmm. or it's almost like when they break out creep at, at a point in time in their career, it was a rarity. So I, I did they just play like the last tour or something like that for like the first time, like 15 years. Yeah. It's been like 14 or 15 years. And it's like, they're just not even the, those first three records and what yeah. they became. They're oh, different day. bands. Totally. Yeah, different entirely. Bands. But um, I remember um, to your point, I remember seeing Beck play the governor's ball. So it's like all, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, kids like skater, teeny bop or post-college, whatever. And like, Oh, I want to hear, you know, all the big hits. Right. Now they bust out like sex law or like Deborah, like deep out. Mm-hmm. Cause like, yes, this is what exactly what I want to hear from Beck. This is See, awesome. That's a great one. Cause we just went to Ohana and I had oh, seen awesome. The last time I'd seen Beck was when I was in New York uh, at the theater, at the garden working mm-hmm. the information. So I did Guero and the information. I think he gave me that awesome banner that they, uh, that Beck had for that, come to think of it. Oh, the one that had like the the, the, the like the giant like, scroll. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Right. So like, um, right, because we would get vi- we get vinyl and promos, and nobody wanted any of that at the time. And I'm like, I God, I remember remember stuff. when um one of the first albums I worked as a college rep was Ashes of the Wake from Lamb of God, oh and God, like for yeah. whatever the hell reason they made like like I got like a box of vinyl. I could not give away that vinyl record. Now like I'm, I have like a couple of copies here. I'm sure they're probably worth some like probably at this point. I yeah. mean that, that's now like a quintessential like modern yeah. metal classic. Um, but like I, I what was crazy, my wife hadn't seen Beck since like the late 90s, and we mm. went to so for both of us, it had been a long fucking time, and we're watching him at Ohana open up for for Pearl Jam. And I have never seen anyone balance all aspects of their recording career as well as oh, him. Yeah? so he opens up with stuff from like sea change and mutations and wow, and like you know, like like you know, like cold brains, like really, really like more like well, he didn't play cold brains, but it was like um it doesn't matter. I get, was I get all, where you're coming from. You get where I'm coming. It was that. It was like it was like you know, grown up Beck. And then, <laughs> but and then he just the band comes out, sex laws where it's at, like loser. And it's like he's just kind of figured out like playing Guero. Like he just figured out how to do it where mm-hmm. it just all lives harmoniously together. It, it it's, you know, Jacket does that too. It's hard. To, mm-hmm. to, to be like, we're going to play a song now from when we were like 20 years old. And now we're like in our late forties, however old they are. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's no way that song sounds the same to them when they play it. Like, no, you know, it's like, I can't imagine even like, I look back at like Facebook memories from like 10 years ago. It's <laughs> cringeworthy. Oh yeah. My own words. I can't imagine what it's like to like, yeah, we wrote that 30 years ago and now we're going to play it for you. And it's, we're not that yeah, big. Yeah, not, not so much. I remember uh, pretty famously, I saw Wilco play here at the Capitol Theater near where I live. Oh, nice. And uh, right before, they're, they're the same deal. Like, they're multi-night standers kind of playing stuff. And they it was it, one of the tours where they kind of let fans pick whatever they want. Mm. Uh, and like Or rather put in, like, requests or whatever, and they would play it. And Jeff Tweedy gets up. He's like, yeah, this song is absolute dog shit, but we're going to play it anyway. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, it was from like their, their first ever record. Like, I get it, man, you know. But I suppose that allows a lot of the artists to kind of reinvent that and make it interesting at the end of the day. You know, I think um, I remember an interview with Blues Traveler. And it's like, yeah, look, we're going to play Runaround, but we're going to make it like a different rearrangement or something different right. that you haven't heard. So it makes it unique to keep it fresh for you as the listener, the audience, as well as for us. I mean, so the, like, I buy that. Yeah, no, no, totally. I mean, and look, like, there's there's that school of thought where, like, you 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 write a song, like, you know, like I read a, an article recently with Chris Barron and the Spin Doctors, mm-hmm. and it was like, I will play that song forever. I will play Two Princes forever. He's like, because 
that's why we're having this conversation mm-hmm. because yeah. of two princes. So like, yeah. I'm just going to fucking, I love playing it because that's why we're here. Like I like he didn't go into it, but like, you know, I, I've heard other musicians talk about this, like Faith No Morris talked about it with Epic. And it's like, we're literally sitting here talking about this in like, I'm in my house that I paid for. With, with the royalties, with from, the royalties that song. from that song. So I, I get it. I mean, the, but um, real quick, the question I did have for you is that speaking about all this is like, sorry, the, the your favorite song, what, what was that again? Lowdown. Lowdown. So since you heard that so early in your fandom, have you been like proverbially chasing the dragon the whole time? Okay. Because I, I, I understand that very much where it's like yeah. everything is like, it's great. It's great. It's great. But like, it's just, we're, we're just, we're almost there. We're almost there. I've gotten it, I think two or three times. And it's like I said, they, they did the, the multi-night run where they did all the albums. So obviously they were going to play and I knew they would. And it, 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 it just hit and just, yeah, it, it's hard to verbalize. Like you, you can probably see me get a little like, like kind of emotional about it. like, it was just like, Holy shit. Like they played it. And it's just, Oh, dude, yeah, I've been yeah, there. Man. Like, I, so, mm. But like, what what about the other side of it? Does like, because that song was so, was, that's that's the one that got you early mm-hmm. on. So when they release new music and have subsequently throughout your fandom, like, does it live up to that? Or just because that's your favorite song? Do, 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 all right. Are other songs, like, I, I guess, mechanically better to you? Like, you're like, like, oh, like that song, like, I fucking love this song, but that's the one like how does that how does that process for you um with them because they vary things so differently from even not only from album to album but even like song to song within the Mm -hmm. same record to me i've always approached it as as a journey so you know what like like i said i bought the ticket like just just take me where you want to go and i'm with you you know i may not necessarily you may veer here or there mm-hmm. like you know what every band has a, a miss here or there but i'm in and i'm going to enjoy the ride as a whole anyway yeah you know that's I, the way i've approached it i mean uh, to me it's especially from where they had been to where they are and continue to go i think it's kind of unfair of me to compare it to where they had been i mean right. I, I just hope that i like what i'm going to hear as much as i liked lowdown Mm-hmm. And look, there's plenty of songs that I have, but and even more so at this point. But that's 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 the connection. That's the one that like you know you're always gonna have that special place for. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, look, I, I've heard them do their 22 minute version of Cobra, which is friggin' incredible. Wow, like, it's yeah, like like check that one out. It, it's again, you want to talk about a journey? That that's the one for sure. Um, like, gosh, like I've seen them do sing with islands in the stream but nicole atkins the garden like all these other like like wacky careless whisper they've played i mean uh, yeah like so many different like yeah so many different guests so many different versions of the song etc etc and just so varied it's uh, it just brings me so much joy it it, it just like i can see your face face. i see like you your face is telling the whole story and that's that's just it's just so strange to not have seen them for such a long time at this point. Oh man, um, I know. For obvious I know. reasons, like I really hope, like all right, like get their asses in gear and like do like the full tour this summer. We'll see. But you know, I think too, I thought a lot about this. Like I, I really hope that 
Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter about to be four. Like, I hope that she finds something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a band or music or something that she's equally as passionate and enjoys sharing and talking about other people as much as I enjoy this band and ergo music. Like, it's yeah, you know, it's... like that. That's what I hope I can pass down to her as well as my still-to-be-born son. Like, yeah, I mean, that, that, it's you know what though, it's infectious, and I think that yeah. you know, it, it, look, I, I don't have kids, but I think that that's that's you know what i've tried to impart on like my brother we have like a 10 year age difference so they felt mm -hmm. like i was kind of helping raise him in a lot of ways and it's like does this just happen through osmosis like does he just and then like as you would grow up he's like oh i'm going to see between the buried and me and i'm like i didn't tell you to fuck with that band but i'm so happy that you are or like i just saw clutch children of bodom and black label society I'm like well done <laughs> so it's like i i hope that for you too and you know yeah. thank you i i don't there's no way like I read I, I spoke about this in another episode, I think, where like Mike D had walked by his daughter's bedroom a few years ago and mm -hmm. like um, some new like whatever, like SoundCloud rap was playing on his out of his daughter's room. And he's like, I fucking hate this and I don't get this and I shouldn't. And I'm excited because my <laughs> kids and her friends are so stoked about new music and mm -hmm. I'm 53 years old. I shouldn't understand this. And that's kind of like, that's a, a, I mean, you know, it's like, I think for, for all of us that are in this business that are getting older, it's like, you want to hold on to this stuff and be like, no, I totally understand this. We don't, it's not for us. You could like a Billie Eilish record, but it's not written for us. Yeah. I it was having this exact conversation yesterday. I was meeting with a friend of mine who works at TikTok and I revealed to her, I'm like, look, from a business perspective, I totally get that platform. As someone who works for a catalog publishing company, I love that platform. We've had a couple of our tracks go quite viral on that platform. Sure. As a dude, like wearing just you know, my Mike Fordham t-shirt, I don't get it. I have no interest in it whatsoever. I, I, it's one of those things. It's one of the few times I've really recognized in my life, like, all right, I'm old. I'm completely happy to let TikTok kind of pass me by. But to your point, if it like gets other people excited and like discovering new music or at least new to yeah. them, I'm totally down with that. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, you know uh, one of our mutual friends that we were speaking about before this call, Alicia Yaffe, um, you know, should we talk about this where it's like, and, and my, my business partner as well, it's like, there's there's this thing where it's like, no, I don't necessarily need to see like John Densmore on TikTok, but <laughs> watching Doors archival footage or like rare, you know, like fly on the wall stuff or like, yes, or like, you know, a band like Pantera where it's like their home videos in the 90s were stuff mm -hmm. of legend shot on like old handhelds and camcorders. That's literally made for, for social media. No one's- yeah, Funny. actually, one of my super quick sidebar, I feel like I'm doing yeah. this a lot. One of my favorite memories as a college rep, you'll definitely appreciate this, uh, having worked in Long Island. Uh, one of the bands I was working at the time was the Static Lullaby. Oh, and they, yeah. were, they were they were headlining at the downtown when the uh, other Lasso Festito came out. And I remember I got the show early, you know, put up the POP, whatever. I was just chilling with them on the bus, drinking beers or whatever. And all they were doing was watching like old school Pantera videos on YouTube. It was phenomenal it was so much it's, fun it was a very fond memory of watching uh watching Vinnie Paul and just like 
all these classic videos from Pantera. It's amazing that they like got through that time. Like between yeah. then, like they were just literally their livers. I I don't even. They were gambling, like literally having fans come backstage and be like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can drink this gallon of milk." Here's your gallon, and here's the garbage can because it's. <laughs> It's actually physically impossible to do. So all these fucking meatheads would come backstage. Like the guys in the band were like, uh, check this out. And it would just be like, I got this macho dude from like, you know, Nebraska. And then just like a couple of sips down and, be, and it would just all come up. And it was like, it's just at 12 or 13 when I was watching this, like a look with my friend, like, I was like, I want to do, I want to be this band. You know, it's just, I remember vividly one of the, the videos was I think uh, Rex was like chugging a beer or whatever was talking. He was like, all right, this one's on you. Wings it like the, the camera was from behind you know, the stage or whatever. So he wings up into the crowd and like for whatever reason, like the, the guy like top row, the first row of the balcony, like top. He catches it. <laughs> yeah. Epic. Yeah, it's just like I'm like, yes, that's that's it, right? <laughs> like that's it right there. And then, but but to your point, it's uh yeah, you know, like it's I think that's where we are now, right? It's like we have to know about these things, but it's okay to watch them come and go. Yes, yes. Like, it's like, like I, I see the intrinsic value of it, but putting on my dad hat, man, I'm happy to let that one pass me by on a personal note. It's funny because when I think about a band like My Morning Jacket or a bit, because I specifically thought about them in my ridiculous music marketing brain, because when um, Mr. Bungle and then Primus launched mm-hmm. NFT campaigns in the latter oh. half of 2020-21, it was really interesting to watch because, look, we don't need to get into any of this right now but it's just interesting to watch that fan base and i think that like that's a bit of an older a little older demo than my morning jacket probably by a couple years and watching the 80 20 split of fans being Mm -hmm. like fuck you i want music blah 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 (laughs) primus was a little less because i probably it's probably a little bit of more of like a wine drinking connoisseur over time there's still like the me primus fam but there's also like the- there's definitely like primus wines out there which is awesome oh yeah i mean there's megadeth wines primus wines but like i think the my morning jacket fan is probably the one like almost like the kings of leon fan where mm-hmm. this could work in like a fan club kind of theoretical way yeah they have their fan club which is pretty cool um potentially i mean i guess it re- comes down to what like Jim's because I mean for all intents and purposes it's his band like obviously it's democracy whatnot but like right. you, you think Jackie you think Jim James but like I don't know I I think too one of the reasons I like the band is that they're he and they are kind of just like so sincere and open they're very like kind of like hippieish ideals or whatnot too which you know totally cool with me and they're ultimately they're not going to do anything that doesn't feel contrived or it's going to come across as like marketing. Listen, so yeah I, if it was up to me <laughs> yeah i wouldn't talk about any of this none of this would exist because <laughs> yes. it doesn't exist so none of it would exist because it's not we're not dealing in tangible. remember telling uh, aforementioned lisa uh, alicia rather she comes like nft about something i'm like oh that phrase oh, like dude, no and i'm gonna make her listen to this because her because that's that's literally like we'll, we'll like facetime about work and it's the cringiest faces we're making to each other because it's like because uh, it's like uh, you know uh, yes yeah totally different 
Maybe I'll do an NFT episode. It'll be Gosh, a rag on it. <laughs> I, I very much like how we started this conversation of like, here's what marketing was 20 years ago versus what is marketing is like now. It just right. They look there. Everyone looks at it through a rose-colored kind of fucking you know those lenses of being like, it was so great. It wasn't so great. It fucking <laughs> sucked. Like having my having my by poor Honda Civic put 30 something thousand miles on it in one year, literally within the state of New Jersey and fitting three by three cardstock poster boards in my trunk and my entire one bedroom apartment being literally oh, a, a CD warehouse. It fucking sucked. But the, al the alternative to that is that now I think we talk less about music and that's, mm -hmm. you know, and I think now working some catalog stuff, which I, I'm talking about more music than I ever have because we're not chasing this, this like, we're not chasing what's next. You're always going to find technologies. And also everybody wants to work with Black Sabbath in the estate. Everybody wants to work with Pantera. So it's like, you, you know this probably better than anybody. It's like- Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like I, I talk a lot of friends who you know, do streaming and stuff at all like the, the frontline major labels. I'm like, dude, I'm so happy. I don't have to you know, play like the new Music Friday game. Like I'm oh, not man. chasing the, like, you know, pop or hip hop hits. Like it, it's so refreshing to be kind of not have that shackle on me. Like, it, you know, right. same boat. Like we have James Brown, we have Whitney Houston, we have Alice Cooper, Def Leppard. Like- I don't really need to like do all that much for you to get to do something for those artists, which is really cool. And it, like right. you said, like there's just so much like hip factor attached with those artists automatically. So it makes totally. your job easier and it's a lot more fun. And I think too, like, like you said, just my music consumption has just like gone in so many different directions because of what I've, what I do at work. It's like, all right, like I'm totally going to go, like I've got like way deep into the group war that like, we represent just like, Holy shit. Like, obviously I knew the hits, but like to, to really delve further, it's just incredible, you know, just to see all these different bodies of work or genres. It wasn't thing like, this is so yeah. wacky. I'm about to say this, but like a friend of mine sent me off to uh, this upcoming genre in Africa called Ampiano. It's like dance mm. music, but like super, super soulful. It's like, this is actually pretty cool. Ooh. And yeah, like it's like I, I would have no idea about this, but it, it's it's fascinating. I think just all that the ways that you're able to get exposed to music nowadays. Like I, you know, I think totally. back to like in the '90s and stuff like that. Like going to you know going to shows and like you know, like you said, getting someone to hand you like a flyer or a sticker. Like all right, I'll check that band out. Yeah, uh, or like reading like band forums or whatnot or listservs at the time. Yes. but I think you know with what it's become. You know, I, I get angry when people are like, oh, there's no good music. I'm like, yes, there is. Like, you, dude, like, there's you're so just not trying. Music. Like, you know. The, the, the difference is, and there was an article that was shared to me by a buddy, I think a mutual buddy of ours, Mark Shapiro. Um, oh, good I, dude. Something, the, the best. And it was something that, like, him and I have been talking about for 20 years, at least 10 years, where, like, it, there's too much music. And that's what happens. The oversaturation, mm -hmm. like, you have to dig and dig and dig, and you're never going to find all of it. But like the ability to find new bands is there more than ever. It's just the retention. Like, yes. I, like I heard a record I loved. I list, list, literally listened to it yesterday. I don't remember the name of the band. I know it's I can tough. go back yes. and find it and I will, but, and I'm gonna do that right after we're done here. But just, but, but like uh, you, you, the, the ability of like, okay, I discovered a band through what? And now I'm gonna go to Apple Music, Spotify, title, whatever. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. And I'm gonna listen to it. Then if I like it, I'm gonna go back and follow them on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, that's not quote unquote work, but it's a process that not everybody's gonna do. 
And too, I think again, just putting on like old school hat, you know, obviously cut from the same cloth. Like it, it is like there is a lot of amazing music, but yeah, there are times where I do find a disconnect. It's like, all right, like you said, I found like a really great song. Like, all right, I'll keep listening to it. Like, it's save it, whatever the case may be. You know, put on a playlist, but. I guess because it, it just lives in the abstract. Like I don't have a CD, right. I don't have vinyl of it. Like it's at, at times I like, can be very, very difficult to make a connection. So like I do find totally. out new stuff, don't get me wrong, but it's weird I think to kind of consider what people's level of fandom is these days. Like even like with Jacket, like it's like, all right, I have a couple t-shirts. I have all the records on CD and vinyl. You know, I have a couple live shows here and there. I've seen them 30 times, all my ticket stubs. Like, yeah. what does fandom look like now for the TikTok generation? You know, like, what's that going right. to look like five, 10 years going forward? Like, is it just going to be an NFT? I don't know, but it's it's fascinating. Well, now, well, now we know that hard tickets are now an upsell. It's a commemorative. Are they really? Yeah, it's a commemorative item. That's like beyond depressing. I, I, oh, it's shit. yeah, dude. One second with me, play my giant bag of ticket stubs. Oh, I yeah, I was about it's, my head. It's right behind me, too. My wife has her book, I have my book. Yeah, like, oh, that's that is history. This is all the ones I have ticket stubs for, like yourself. Been on a fair amount of guest lists throughout my career. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I, I, it's like between the passes and the, and this isn't gloating. Yeah. You know, this, it's like, this is like, it's like my life in a book. And now, yeah. to your point, it's not it's not there anymore. You, you, it, it, things are moving so fast. You can't see it because you can't hold it. You can't feel it. And you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting where things go, but at the same time, not to sound like an old, like <laughs> the antithesis to the conversation yes. we're having is that like, that's why vinyls made such a resurgence. And now mm-hmm. CD sales were even up last year because there I know I just saw that statistic. It's amazing. Like it, it, it's, it's awesome. Like, I wish a place awesome. like vintage vinyl could still be going to that point. Yeah. You know, but I like, don't even want to get into that. Yeah. I, I lived when I lived in Forbes, New Jersey. That's I don't think I understood oh, fin- finance at all at that time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I made seven hundred dollars this week. I can give three hundred of that to vintage vinyl. Like I went nuts. Here you go, Rob Roth. Yeah, thanks, Rob Roth. Um, but and then, oh, dude, the best, the best. Um, but here to circle it back real quick because there's a question that I wanted to ask. Surely. You. So if we weren't going to talk about my morning jacket what would that number two band be for you Ooh, ooh, that is a really good question um continuing the dad rock theme Mm -hmm. probably wilco i think yeah out of all the other bands i've seen a ton of times wilco is probably second i've probably seen them close to 20 times um right on i got way into wilco when i was in college because it was right after when a ghost uh, ghost is born came out mm-hmm. and kind of worked my way backwards from there and uh yeah uh yeah. definitely near and dear to the heart not as much of a fan now as i used to be i'll still sure. you know like those first couple records like like near and dear um kind of lost me i think the last couple records have been a little stayed if i'm being honest mm-hmm. but Put it to you this way: When they play the cap, I'll be there. Yeah, I mean, look, man. One great band, too, and I've said this numerous times. It's like we're living through the history of these bands. So mm-hmm. when they went like when they put out a record that doesn't that isn't up to snuff for like you or like whatever, it's just not there on the catalog. It's that dip. You look at an artist like Neil Young, who had how many like thirteen bad records in a row? Yeah. Like, and then he comes out with like Harvest Moon, and you're like, 
Oh, he made tonight's tonight. Like, like, right, right. And it's like, you're good. Okay, yeah, you're good. But I mean, imagine being a fan and living through that. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like another one. Like, what is this rockabilly record? Oh, cool. Trans. That's a great record. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think to, to be a fan of some of those bands must have been difficult. And, you know, I luckily like Jacket's not that bad. You know, for me, like, you know, Pearl Jam is not that bad. But there mm-hmm. are fans. I feel bad for like, you- I feel bad for like hardcore Dylan fans. Like, mm-hmm. Like, no, obviously, all the respect in the world, but like, you know, he's been like the triple album that he put out a few years ago, or like. It's funny. I was thinking about this exact thing. It was a couple of days ago. I was driving back from the city. I was listening to Bring It All Back Home. Mm-hmm. And like, God, this is just like, like, so good. Know, un- untouchable. But like, like the last couple of records, like, I don't really care. Like, I, I got to be honest. Like, when I go back to this, listen to Highway 61, like, mm-hmm. Is he just because of who he is? Does he get a critical pass? Like, right. But then he went, ahead, he went ahead and made time out of mind, which was like what ninety seven. That record, that record holds up, at least to me, it does. Especially twenty five years ago. At this point, like I know, was my next point. Yes, it was. He had sorry. Quite a, no, he had quite a dip below. That was like a huge peak in like two otherwise pretty. Yeah, I mean, you're talking like like the eighties like stuff, which is. Mm. I do love slow train coming, but I don't know when, when artists get born again, even though I'm not religious at all, something mm-hmm. about it, like Tom Jones did like a Zydeco gospel record. And it's fucking sick. It came out on, really? came out on lost highway about huh. seven, eight years ago. It is no kidding. like it, Amazon, like you get on vinyl. Like it was like, I think it must've been like mismarked or whatever. We got kind of like six bucks or like seven bucks. Nice. Like that. It is an unbelievable record. I'll send you a link to it after this. Please, you, you please. You need to hear this record. So, um, I, so I, I, I always end with this, and I, and I, I, I wish I want to talk more about my morning jacket, but also, <laughs> I, but, 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 but I, I love this conversation. I love where it went. But let's let's bring it let's let's bring it on home with. Um, I see what my, you did there. You see what I did there. My favorite one-two punch here, which is like, give me your, give me your strip club, my morning jacket anthem, and then give me your funeral song. Oh man. So first one, uh like the strip club anthem, that would probably be at uh, dance floors. It's just like just super just like upbeat, dance, dirty, just grungy, just yeah. losing like piles and piles of reverb. Mm-hmm. It was it, one of like the like I said, I really got into Z and worked my way backward, it still moves. And yeah, that, that one just yeah, like same. yeah. Yeah. Okay, it it yeah. was beautiful. And a funeral song, uh, go back to the album Further at Dawn, mm. uh, a song called Bermuda Highway. It's just oh, I love that song. So beautiful. It's like whenever they do it live, it's usually just Jim, Jim on his acoustic guitar. Mm. Don't let your silly dreams fall in between the cracks of the bed. Like just very like kind of carpe diem kind of sort yeah. of thing. So I think as you're going out and tell people to do that, like that, that seems awfully fitting. And That's it's a- just beautiful it's, i love that you you had the answers right away because like i definitely have, have stumped some people not the funeral one not as much but it's definitely like the the stripper the strip club one um because you know if we're talking about like a prog band or like yeah <laughs> or, some, or like a hardcore band it's like jesus christ like this is going to be a terrible situation yeah yeah i think it really depends on what your your vision of said strip club scene uh ends up looking like like with regards to that song i see like a like a down south just like like good old like boy bar band boogie kind of situation is this like the claremont in atlanta 
like where there's like they're missing teeth and they're pregnant and not, not quite that <laughs> level <laughs> like that that's more mastodon country but yes uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. actually it is mastodon country i've seen them there um back in the mice i was gonna say i thought they were from atlanta no they have to but yeah two uh two of the guys are from upstate new york and two of the guys are from atlanta but their their home base is atlanta gotcha, yeah, gotcha. man but dude this is, I can't thank you enough for this, yeah, man. One, it's been you. so great. Oh, no, it's been so great to catch up with you. Um, I'll be out in New York at some point, some point, and we'll, 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 we'll get up, we'll get we'll, a drink. We'll hang, hang proper for sure. Absolutely. But man, I just, I, this is what like has kept me going through the pandemic to be able to talk to people about the bands they love and um, didn't think we'd still be sitting here and doing this, but here we Amen are. Amen to that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but this has been a, this has been a total treat, man. So thank you so much. Yeah. Man. And, thanks uh, for having me. Of course, man. I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll tag your socials, make sure everyone can can listen to this and I'll put a playlist together with all your recommendations. Please listen, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff to the at the grossed out at grossed out podcast. Mike, thank you so much, man. Thanks, brother.